You are listening to The Beckett Cook Show with your host, Beckett Cook. For more information about Beckett and his ministry, visit his website at beckettcook.com. To help support the podcast, visit patreon.com slash the Beckett Cook Show. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and leaving a five-star rating. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Today I want to talk about this video that's been circulating. You've probably seen it online. It's it's from the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus and the title of the of the song of the video is quote a message from the gay community. And in the in this song they say we're coming for your children. Um so I want to get into that, and I know a lot of people have been discussing this, but I want to look at it through several lenses, but I want to look at it through the lens mainly of Douglas Murray's book, The Madness of Crowds, Gender, Race, and Identity. By the way, if you haven't read this book, it's amazing. It came out in 2019, and Douglas Murray is an Oxford-educated social critic He's not, he's, first of all, he's gay. He's a gay man and he lives in London and he's not a Christian, but he, it's interesting because he's, he's so kind of aligned with truth that he's almost a Christian. (laughs) So pray for Douglas Murray. But he, he, in this book, The Madness of Crowds, there's four chapters in the book and it's brilliant. Um, I highly recommend it. Chapter one is called gay. Chapter two, women. Chapter three, race. And chapter four, trans. And he really gets into kind of the overreach, uh, especially on the chapter on gay. He gets into this idea of of the overreach of the LGBT community. Uh, And we're going to get into that. And he gives really good illustrations of that. So, but first, let's take a quick look at some parts of this video. But you're just frightened. You think that we'll corrupt your kids if our agenda goes unchecked. Funny, just this once, you're correct. So notice how in that first kind of part of the video, I mean, first of all, it's very creepy the video but just notice in the first part he says but you're just frightened and again that's the idea of homophobia and it's like that labeling someone a homophobe or using that word you're frightened just makes it seem like we're irrational. Like if we don't agree with you, we are irrational because phobias are irrational. As I've talked about before on my, on the show, you know, the fear of heights, the fear of closed spaces, uh, all that stuff. That's, those are irrational fears. And so once again, the gay community likes to use that word to just kind of completely dismiss you uh, rather than thinking like, well, maybe you disagree with me because you have different beliefs. You have a different belief system, a different worldview. And so that, that word, but you're just frightened 
really stuck out to me. And um, it's like, actually, I'm not frightened. I just believe, I happen to believe as a Christian that homosexual behavior is a sin. And it's it's not just my belief. It's the belief of of centuries and centuries, millennia of of uh, the Christian Church, and and not only that of of uh, the Jewish world before the Church. And so it's not just it's not some sort of you know irrational fear. Obviously, I lived as a gay man for twenty years, and so I. <laughs> I know what that's like, and I am not afraid of gay men. Um, but so anyway, that that stuck out to me in the first part of this video. So let's let's continue to watch. Go ahead, roll. We'll convert your children. Happens bit by bit, quietly and subtly, and you will barely notice it. You can keep them from disco. Warn about San Francisco. Make him wear pleated pants, we don't care. We'll convert your children. We'll make them tolerant and fair. And so notice in that part, they say, we'll convert your, he says, we'll convert your children happens bit by bit, quietly and subtly, and you'll barely notice it. Well, that's been going on for the last 40 years, 40 plus years. Um, slowly but surely, our culture has been indoctrinated into this idea that homosexual behavior is not only good, but it's it's righteous, it's holy, it's sacred, and it needs to be celebrated. And if you don't celebrate it, then your life, your livelihood could be taken away like mine was. <laughs> <laughs> your job, you could get canceled. You could lose your job. You could lose um, your social status. You should, you could lose everything, really, if you don't fully agree. And that's what's so interesting, because notice he said, we'll make them tolerant and fair. But tolerance has changed its meaning over the years. And it it's gone from, I can tolerate having a different opinion from you. You can, you know, I can tolerate your opinion, your worldview to, if you don't agree with my worldview, then you're canceled. That's what tolerance has, has shifted to. And so it's interesting. They say, we'll make them tolerant and fair, but that's not actually true because, um, there there's zero tolerance for Christians from uh, many activists in the gay communities. So there's, there's like, it's a one-way street. The tolerance just goes one way. And if you don't completely embrace and, and, and in celebrate homosexual behavior and put a pride flag on your social media or whatever on your corporation, then you're, you're canceled, you're cut off. And, uh, and it's obviously becoming more and more extreme. And then the video goes on. Well, let's, let's roll the next part of the video. When they start finding things online that you kept far from their sight, like information. Okay, so now from that section of the video, I just he he says, Oh, and you'll be and you'll be disgusted, so gross, when they start finding things online that you've kept far from their sight, like information. And it's like 
what kind of information? Yes. I mean, we want, as if you're raising your children, you want to protect them from information online that is damaging, ultimately destructive and damaging. And so just this idea of you're protecting your children from information, it's not just information. It's, it's an ideology and it's a destructive ideology and, um, and it leads to death. So, of course, if you're a Christian parent, you want to protect your child from that kind of information. So let's play another clip. We'll convert your children. Yes, we will. Reaching one and all. There's really no escaping it. Because even grandma likes RuPaul. And the world's getting kinder. Gen Z's gayer than grinder. Learn to love, learn to vogue, face your face. Convert your children. Someone's got to teach them not to hate. We're coming for them. We're coming for your children. So, in that clip, what jumps out to me is he says, There's really no escaping it because even grandma likes RuPaul. And see, that's what's RuPaul is the drag queen who has that show Drag Race. And um, I actually knew RuPaul back in the day. Uh, but it's that's that's how our culture has been so indoctrinated over the years. And this is why I talk about this all the time. It's like shows like Queer Eye for the Straight Guy and RuPaul's Drag Race and all these shows that that even Christians, even heterosexual Christians are into because they're like, Oh, it's so fun. And it's so great. But little do the, do they know that they're being slowly, but surely indoctrinated into, um, celebrating homosexual practice, which again is, is deadly and destructive. And God rescued me out of that life. And that's why I talk about it so much is because I want others to be rescued out of it. And I want others to have eternal life. Like that's the whole point. And there is no eternal life if there's no repentance from this behavior. So, and then it, it, what's stuck out to me too, it says Gen Z's gayer than grinder. Grinder is a, you don't really need to know this, but I, I, I've never been on the the app, but there it's an app. Basically, it's a gay sex app on your phone. And guys, especially gay guys, I think, use it and they hook up uh through grinder. And so it says Gen Z is gayer than grinder. And and then he says, face your fate. So it's like basically like this is happening, and if you don't face it, you're gonna be canceled. Like we're gonna we're going to cancel you and you, you better get on board other or else like that's, that's the message of this video is you better get on board or else. And the, or else is obviously cancel your job, cancel your life, cancel your social media accounts, whatever. And so, and then of course they say, we're coming for them. We're coming for your children. Uh, so, I, that what's interesting is it's like we used to make back in the nineties, my friends and I, my gay friends and I used to make fun of the idea of a gay agenda. We used to think it was so silly and foolish. And like, we thought, 
like the the media would politicians conservative politicians would say gay agenda use that term and we used to think it was so stupid because we're like there's no gay agenda but obviously finally they're like the gay movement they're finally admitting yes there is a gay agenda and and uh they're going to convert your kids and so and they they said in in response because they got a lot of crazy you know hate mail or hate uh blowback from this video and so they tried to to frame it in this idea that it was a parody that it was not it was all tongue-in-cheek but it's actually not a parody because it's happening in real time like this is actually happening now if you don't put a rainbow flag on your on your you know store and or put a rainbow flag on your website or corporation then you are going to get canceled you're going to get outed as being a bigot or or homophobe so the the it's a, this is not a parody this is actually they're actually just admitting what's been happening for the past several decades <laughs> and you know be, I, before I go on, I just want to make this point that I lived in that world, and obviously, and God rescued me out of it by his grace. And so I am so thankful for that. And instead of seeing these people in this video and just these gay activists as the enemy, I mean, we're supposed to pray for our enemies, number one, but um, we should see them as people who are lost just like you and I were lost back before we were saved so before we were found by God so we I really just want to make it clear that we have to pray for the gay community and pray for these people because they're just they're completely blinded and in the darkness in darkness and Satan is blinding them um, and Satan doesn't want to let them go. He, he wants to hold on to them and he does not want them into the kingdom, let them into the kingdom of God. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Cause we need to, we need to speak truth, but we also need to love. And, and there's that balance. There's that delicate balance that we need to keep. And so, yeah, I mean, I wasn't, when I was living that life, I thought gay you know, the gay men's courses were cheesy and kind of creepy, but I still live that in that life. And I still lived in that world. And so, um, I'm, I'm thankful for people praying for me. So many people in my family and so many were praying for me for, for so many years. So I'm thankful for that. So we should keep that in mind and, and pray for our neighbor, pray for our neighbors in the gay community. And, we're supposed to love our neighbors. Obviously, it's the second commandment. So let's just look at one more clip right now. So what stuck out to me in this part of the song is, but you don't have to worry because there's nothing wrong with standing by our side. And it's like, once again, it's like, yes, there is something wrong with celebrating sin. If we stand by your side, we're celebrating sin. 
and as believers, as Christians who believe the word of God, that we believe the word of God is authoritative and inerrant, and we believe it's true. And I've done videos, I've done several videos on homosexuality in the Bible. So take a look at those uh, as a refresher. But it's so clear in biblically, it's so clear that and and just just from nature, it's clear that homosexual behavior is is wrong. So saying nothing, there's nothing wrong with standing by our side. Well, in fact, there is something wrong with it because you're uh you're encouraging it, you're celebrating sin. So, and if you remember in Paul's letter to the Romans in chapter one, he says, not only do, you know, they do these things, practice homosexuality, et cetera, but they give approval to those who do. So as believers, giving approval, giving approval to homosexual behavior is just as, it's so harmful. It's so, it's terrible because you're, you're keeping people in bondage. You're 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 keeping people from the kingdom of God, which is there's nothing worse than that. So um, it's very dangerous to celebrate that. It's very dangerous to put a pride, you know, to just kind of cave to culture and put a pride flag on your social media or on Instagram or whatever. As as a believer, if you're doing that, you're leading people to destruction. Um, so it's it's important to to be clear on this issue because the because the culture is so crazy and the gay agenda is so crazy, as we just saw. So I just want to now turn to Douglas Murray's book, The Madness of Crowds, and and look at what he says about this issue um, in his chapter called Gay. One of the one of the illustrations Douglas Murray gives in this book about the gay the gay movement is that is of a train arriving at its station. And so this train arrives at the station and and you you would expect the passengers to get off the train. And this train, what he's talking about is, you know, gay marriage is legal. There's complete equality, right, for for homosexuals like there's complete equality in our country right now there's everything is legal gay marriage is legal and so but instead of getting off the train suddenly the train lurches and you know goes full steam ahead and 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 barrels through the train station and smashes everything in its wake and destroys everything in its wake and that's what is happening with what he calls this overreach. And it's it's the gay community. It's like for many, many years, the gay community was like, we just want to be, you know, we just want gay marriage. We want to be equal. But that's actually not true. They want everyone to submit to their ideology and submit to the idea that homosexual practice is wonderful and amazing and that you have to accept it that's that's what the real gay agenda is the the agenda for many years was like it was in increments it was like we just want to have civil unions and then it moved from that to gay marriage and then it moved from that to now if you don't agree with us we're going to just destroy your life he also talks about why this generation 
of young people feel this kind of need to storm the barricades. And it's like, it's this idea, and I love this illustration. It's this idea of young people today are angry that they weren't at the Stonewall riots in 1969 and 1970 when, you know, the Stonewall Inn was a gay bar in New York that was raided by police. And then there were, there were all these riots afterwards and they are so angry that they couldn't have been at those riots. And so they want to kind of recreate those riots now and recreate that anger and that even though everything is, Everything's been given to to the LGBTQ community. Everything's been given to them. There's nothing. In fact, it's 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 one could say that it's more. It's easier to be gay now than it is to be straight. You, you're way more celebrated in our culture. So, but again, it's like this idea of like I want to I want to be a gay activist because I wasn't there in 1969. So I want to somehow be a part of this movement. And that's why you see this going on today. And also the third illustration he gives is of St. George. St. George was a Christian in, in the, the third century. And he was a martyr. He's the patron saint of England. And he was martyred. He was in the Roman army. And he was, I think he was martyred under Diocletian, although that's, that's contested, but he was in the Roman army. And so he refused to recant his Christian faith. And he became one of the most venerated saints in Christianity and especially because of his military prowess. So then in like the, the 11th century, the legend of St. George became a thing. The legend of St. George and the dragon tells of St. George taming and slaying a dragon that demanded human sacrifices. So the dragon was, was getting, you know, was eating livestock and sheep, but I guess the, the livestock ran out. So then the dragon demanded human sacrifices and, uh, St. George ended up slaying this dragon and, and Douglas Murray talks about this idea in the book. It's like, it's like St. George goes around and, and, and slays this dragon. And, and it's like the gay community, the LGBTQ community goes around and they slayed the dragon, but they, they keep going on and on and keep swinging their sword in the air, trying to slay more and more dragons, even though there are no more dragons. So there, that's what's happening right now in culture is there's just all this dragon slaying. That's not, but they're, it's not real. <laughs> and so I love that illustration of St. George and the dragon. And I just want to now go through some of the things Douglas, some of the insights he has um, about this issue, because they're really brilliant. He's a brilliant, brilliant guy. I want him to come on my show. I've actually invited him on my show. We'll see if he does, if he accepts. So I just want to give you some kind of insight into what Douglas Murray says about the gay movement and its overreach. He says, 
In the latter half of the 20th century, there was a fight for gay equality, which was tremendously successful. Then the war, having been won, it became clear that it wasn't stopping. Indeed, it was morphing. GLB, gay, lesbian, bi, became LGB, so as not to diminish the visibility of lesbians. Then the T got added. Then a Q, and then some stars and asterisks. And as the gay alphabet grew, so something changed within the movement. It began to behave in victory as its opponents once did. When the boot was on the other foot, something ugly happened. A decade ago, almost nobody was supportive of gay marriage. Even gay rights groups like Stonewall weren't in favor of marriage. A few years down the road, and it has been made into a foundational value of modern liberalism. And he says, he goes on and he says, to fail the gay marriage issue, in other words, to, to disagree with the gay marriage, was to put yourself beyond the pale. And then he goes on to say what had been barely disputed until yesterday became a cause to destroy someone's life today. Whole careers were scattered and strewn as the train careened along its path. That, that whole train illustration. And then he goes on to say, Then we all stumbled, baffled, into the most unchartered territory of all. This was the claim that there lived among us a considerable number of people who were in the wrong bodies, and that as a consequence, what certainties remained in our societies, including certainties rooted in science and language, needed to be utterly reframed. And then he goes on to say, although the newest of the rights questions also affects by far the fewest number of people, it is nevertheless fought over with an almost unequaled ferocity and rage. That's the trans issue. Women who have got on the wrong side of this issue have been hounded by people who used to be men. Parents who voice what was common belief until yesterday have their fitness to be parents questioned. So, yeah. So, again, the the trans issue has become this is just like suddenly if you don't if you're not fully on board with the trans issue, you're a bigoted, homophobe, transphobe person and that and you you must be destroyed. You must be canceled like J.K. Rowling's was canceled just for saying that men aren't women. He goes on to say, among the things these issues all have in common is that they have started as legitimate human rights campaigns, but at some point all went through the crash barrier. Not content with being equal, they have started to settle on unsustainable positions such as, quote, better. As one CNN presenter said, quote, there might be an overcorrection, but that's okay. We're due for an overcorrection. And then Douglas Murray says, to date, nobody has suggested when overcorrection might have been achieved or who might be trusted to announce it. So it's like, when, <laughs> when is, who's going to be the one that announces that this overcorrection is over? Um, and then he goes on to say, what everyone does know are the things that people will be called if their foot even nicks against these freshly laid tripwires. Bigot, homophobe, sexist, misogynist, racist, transphobe are just a few for starters. And Douglas Murray calls this idea St. George and Retirement Syndrome. 
After slaying the dragon, the brave warrior finds himself stalking the land looking for still more glorious fights. He needs his dragons. Eventually, after tiring himself out in pursuit of even smaller dragons, he may eventually be found swinging his sword at thin air, imagining it to contain dragons. And obviously that's what the gay community, that's what the, the gay movement is doing. It's, it's swinging its swords into thin air, trying to slay some imaginary dragon. And Douglas Murray goes on to say, if that is a temptation for an actual St. George, imagine what a person might do who is no saint, owns no horse or lance, and is being noticed by nobody. And when talking about the trans issue, Douglas Murray says, as anyone who has lived under totalitarianism can attest, there is something demeaning and eventually soul-destroying about being expected to go along with claims you do not believe to be true and cannot hold to be true. So it's it's very demoralizing. Even as Christians, it's, it's demoralizing to have to go along with the culture and pretend that a man is a woman or pretend that homosexual behavior is wonderful and good and righteous. And going back to the that song that we just listened to, Douglas Murray talks about this. He says that this the gay movement, it goes beyond, quote, this will be good for you to more into the realm of, quote, see how you like this bigot. There are, there are days when you wonder how heterosexuals feel about the growing insistence with which gay stories are crowbarred into any and all areas of news. He says he, he, was, he was reading the New York Times International Edition on October 16th, 2017, and in the business section... There was an article called Gay in Japan and No Longer Invisible. So he's just like, why is there a story about gays in Japan in the business section of the New York Times? Um, Of course, you know, of course there is. And he says the New York Times had chosen to splash a story over two pages as their lead business feature about how a man had come out in a company with no negative consequences in a country that had no special problem with gays. So again, it's just like, not only is the gay agenda being pushed by gay activists, it's being obviously pushed by the New York Times and all manner of of media publications and TV shows and movies, etc. And he says about this New York Times article, he says, you know, there is nothing wrong with a newspaper of record deciding to devote in its business and culture pages, as well as much of its opinion and news pages to stories about being gay. But it sometimes feels as though there is something else going on in all of this. The use of gay special interest stories for purposes other than those of actual news, perhaps making up for lost time, or perhaps just rubbing things in the faces of those not yet up to speed with the changed mores of the age. Either way, something strange and vaguely retributive is in the air. There's a retribution in the air. And that's what I was saying about that song. It has a very retributive air about it. It's it's very, there's there's anger and retribution going on in that song. It's like, you better go along with us or else. 
as I said. And Douglas Murray talks about this in about gays versus queers in this section of the book. And he says how little in common the alphabet, those letters have in common with each other, LGBTQ um, or LGBT. He says, gay, gay men and lesbians do not always form the warmest of relationships. And I, I know this from experience. Gay men and lesbians never really got along. And there was kind of always like, gay men went to gay men's bars and lesbians went to lesbian bars. Like, and the two, the twain shall never meet. Uh, it was very rare that they came together. And he says, gay men often characterize lesbians as dowdy and boring. Lesbians often characterize gay men as silly and displaying a failure to grow up. Neither have very much use for each other and almost none meet in any communal spaces, like I said. And he said, gay men and gay women, meanwhile, have a famous amount of suspicion towards people who claim to be bisexual. The B in LGBT is a source of occasional angst with gay media. But bisexuals continued to be viewed not so much as part of the same community as gays, as some kind of betrayal from within its midst. Gay men tend to believe that men who claim to be bi are in fact gays in some form of denial. And then obviously the T in the, in the LGBT is very difficult to, to reconcile with the rest of the letters because lesbians are feminine. Usually lesbians are feminists and feminists don't think men should be women or can be women. And so it's a very weird, there's strange bedfellows is the, is the bottom line. The, that whole kind of alphabet community is, is um, it's a, like a forced community. The LGBT community is forced. And that, that's why they added the Q, I think. Queer is a group of people who believe that being attracted to the same sex means more than simply being attracted to the same sex. It is a group of people who believe that being attracted to the same sex shouldn't merely be the first stage in a wilder in a wilder journey the first step not just getting on with life but to transgressing the normal modes of life whereas gays may just want to be accepted like everyone else queers want to be recognized as fundamentally different to everyone else and to use that difference to tear down the kind of order that gays are working to get into so the Q in LGBTQ is the queer is like that very activist. It's a very kind of raging activism, angry, angry. And it's like, it's a political, the Q is very political. It's the most political out of all the letters in that alphabet. And Douglas Murray talks about gay pride marches, like I've done on this show before. And it's just exactly what I've been saying. He says, at almost any demonstration for gay rights today, most prominently the gay pride marches, which happen around the world, the call for legal equality is mixed in with things that would cause many homosexuals as well as heterosexuals to blush. He says there is nothing wrong with people enjoying whatever kinks they like in the privacy of their homes, but you don't have to be prudish to feel that phalanxes of people at such protests dressed in fetish gear and chaps and more 
is off-putting to whatever cause they are hoping to advance. If the Black Civil Rights Movement had included a fetish section, it would have been considerably easier to ignore as its moral force. But gays will not be corralled, not by themselves and certainly not by others. Those calling for equality will always include a contingent who mistake exhibitionism for activism, feeling that nobody is free or equal until they have the right to dress in puppy gear and be led around on all fours by a master down a public street. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's what I, I've talked about this, that before. Like when I used to go to gay pride parades in LA or New York, I mean, there was so much disturbing stuff going on. There were people dressed in leather chaps, leather gear, like bondage stuff. And um, one time I was at a gay pride parade in, in LA and at the end of the night, this woman, I don't know if it was a trans woman, but it looked like a real woman, walked down Santa Monica Boulevard completely naked on wearing high heels. Just when there were police officers like on the sides of the road and nothing, they did nothing about it. But this woman just walked down Santa Monica Boulevard completely in her birthday suit. And uh, it was pretty shocking. But that's why these parades are they're so diabolical they're so dark and the last thing i'll I'll say about this with douglas murray is he says that he's talking about the queer issue he says those who push the queer view of gay do tend to present being gay as a full-time occupation those who are gay tend not to like them <laughs> so it's a very strange cluster of people, but the bottom line is a cluster of people who are in the dark and it's a cluster of people who need to get saved and who need um, prayer and who need Jesus. These people need Jesus is the bottom line because that's the only thing. The Holy Spirit is the only thing that can, can change their hearts, change their minds. And I, I mean, I, it's interesting. I, it seems like a lot of that is happening in our world right now. It seems like a lot of gays are coming out of that, are getting saved out of that world. And, um, you know, I had Christopher Yuan on recently and he was saved out of that world. And there, there are many, many others that I know of. And so that's good news. And so let's just keep praying for those people. Let's keep um, loving those people. Um, cause once again, I was one of those people before. So I appreciated, I, I appreciate Christians who loved me and who prayed for me. So let's do that. So let's, let's not be the older brother in the parable of the prodigal son with just our arms folded and, and angry that, you know, the, the prodigals are coming back or that there are prodigals because, um, you know, we need to pray for them and we want them to come and fall into the arms of the father, the heavenly our heavenly father. So let's do that. Thank you guys for watching. Let's pray. And I'll see you next week on the Becca Cook Show. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Becca Cook Show. Your support makes this content possible. 
episodes of The Beckett Cook Show are also available on YouTube. For more information about Beckett and his ministry, visit his website at beckettcook.com. Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. And we're hosts of the Kynos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. The word Kynos means new, and that's exactly what we want to do on our podcast. Bring something new from what is old in our faith. And on this show, you might hear us explore topics like what the Bible has to say about student loan forgiveness, discuss how the satanic temple affects our view of religious liberty in America, or even question why is it that so many people are having rapture anxiety. To learn more about the podcast, go to lifeaudio.com.